Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And, uh, but it's always an exciting thing to be here with you on Sunday mornings here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We Talk about the church and what God is doing in his kingdom. I have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that's the four rules I've had since we started this back in about 2002. This is show number 973 today. And uh, I'm excited to have a lady here in the studio with me uh, to hear her story. And uh, we've known each other kind of a little bit over the years. But uh, to have her here to tell the story, it's going to be great. Her name is Alice Bertishaw, pastor. And she is a pastor of Heritage Assembly of God on Crossway Road here in Tallahassee. Sister Alice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here uh, today to with you to share about the amazing work that God has Amen. done and been doing. Now, you have been the pastor of Heritage Assembly. Now, you just told me this few minutes ago, this Sunday, which would be today, the day we're airing this, this is your 30th anniversary. That's correct. That is exciting. Yes, it and is. I, now, God, in his wonderful ability to work things out, he knew this, didn't he? He did. <laughs> he knew it all along before I ever started pastoring there. My first tryout was Mother's Day, 1990. Wow. And then my first Sunday as a senior pastor, now called lead pastor, whatever that means. But um, 1990 on Father's Day was my first Sunday. Is that right? Pastor. Here it is, Father's Day again. That's correct. 30 years later. Did you think you'd be here 30 years? No. Um, in one way, yes. In another way, you know, you say that, you know, Lord, that it'd be wonderful to be there for 25 years, 30 years, 35 years, or something like that. But you never think in reality that because when you're younger, you think that is so far down the sure, road. Sure, you're right. And uh, that, my, Jesus will probably come before them, <laughs> and here we are. And then you turn later. around, and there, there you have 30 years. That's right. That's gone by. Yeah. Now, so, so people would know, tell them how to find your church. We're located at 298 Crossway Road. It connects um, the Woodville Highway and Crawfordville Highway. Most people know it whenever I say that it is what used to be Talquin Electorate was right. on Crossway. Uh, we were between. We are between Shelfer Road and what was Talquin Electorate. Uh, there, uh, Crossway Baptist is on the corner, of course, but that's not us. We're yeah. down the road. Uh, you can't miss us. We're it's just right there, um, located uh, a nice uh, big uh, church. Uh, brick building and um, very it, nice it, facility and I've been in it a few times and uh, thank uh, you. you you all keep it up very very we well have, we worked hard yeah. on it and I always admire that when I when I go to a church and I see that it's well kept uh, that, that just speaks well of the congregation to me I went out to a church uh, not too long ago out on the west side of town to a gospel sing and I'd, I'd known of the building for a long long time and I, I pulled up there and said wow somebody's been doing some work here mm -hmm. everything was painted fresh and it was just just a nice uh, uh, look to the building mm -hmm. and I always admire that and, uh, and of course that shows a lot about your leadership as a as lead pastor of the church. Now, let's go ahead and just get this out here. You are a lady pastor. Yes. And uh, now, is that pretty common in uh, the organization that you're a part of? It is. Uh, of course, the ratio is not uh, that much. It's not overwhelming. We're not 50% women, that kind of thing. We're a lot less. Uh, but... Uh, thankfully that our organization the Assemblies of God do recognize women in ministry that uh, God is very well capable of calling whom he uh, desires to call but mainly it's those that will answer the uh -huh. call that God is looking for vessels and so um, we are recognized in fact um, our organization did a it was called to their attention about women pastors and uh, even in our own organization but they did a study and uh, why should women be accepted or is that biblical 
mainly is mm-hmm. it biblical and so they did um, a paper on that with the scripture references and so forth and um, and and gave it out to all of us and uh, it was very thorough I'm happy to say, but uh, whether they accept us or whether they don't, God called me, That's and right. so uh, he'll be the one to let me go when time comes. Now, when this, this paper you talk about, when was that? Was uh, that was done, um, I want to say, back in, well, I became uh, the senior pastor in 90, 1990, so it would have been in the 90s okay. when that was done. At a general council. Okay, but but there had been pastors in the Assemblies of God all along. Our all lady pastors. the time. Yeah, all, yeah from the yes. beginning. Which we discussed just before we went on the air. We're both from Pentecostal roots. Yes. The church you pastor and the church that I pastor, and which goes back to Azusa Street. And of course, yes. Uh, some people would know what we're talking about. Others would not. But it was a Pentecostal revival that was. began back in Los Angeles in the nineteen. 1901 early 1900s yeah. and uh, women were very much involved in, in that revival service along with Pastor Seymour who was the pastor of the church absolutely and so the part of the, the history of the Pentecostal movement has always been uh, women who are called to the ministry and very very powerful Amy Simple McPherson was a, a tremendous lady evangelist uh, Catherine Kuhlman I mean, and, uh, yes. and God used these women mightily uh, yes, in, he in did, and he still does. Absolutely. Uh, that um, it, it's the ratio back then was is pretty much the ratio now, women compared to men, uh, statistically speaking. But uh, there are more women that are getting involved in various areas, not all pastors, of course, but some in uh, prison ministries, some in uh, missionary work, a lot of them in missionary work um, that are being called and, and go in that capacity, but nonetheless, still spreading the good news of the word. Yeah. Well, I heard somebody, uh, we were just having a conversation about this once in the and they say, "Oh no, they were, they didn't believe you know that, that this was godly, whatever." I said, "Well, what about uh, your Sunday school?" I said, uh, "Who teaches your children?" I said, "Oh, all the women." I said, "In other words, you'll let the women teach your children, but you won't let them teach you." <laughs> he didn't like that response very right. well. Very well, right? And, I've and, heard that. <laughs> and to think about it, is it there are scriptures that that will re- refer to that? I believe you have to take them in context. Yes, you have to study it out. And Brother Paul was not opposed to women. Uh, Even the women keep silent in the church. Uh, If you study that out, you'll know what the culture was, what was happening in those churches at that time, and why he had to address that matter to put the church back in order so the message could continue. Because in those days, men and women didn't sit together. In fact, in my earlier childhood, I remember that in our church uh, that my daddy pastored, that men sat on one side and ladies oh, on is the that other. Right? That it is true. And uh, as I got to be in the teen years, there was a few couples that broke the mold and sat together. <laughs> oh, and as teenagers were <laughs> in awe, as right? <laughs> uh, look, so and so they're sitting together on the uh, same side of the church. So uh, it kind of paved the way that hey, it's okay for husband. And wives to sit right, together. Right. That was was that in the Assembly of God Church? Yes. So that was just that particular church. So that wasn't necessarily a part of the movement of the Assemblies uh, of no, God. No, it wasn't a movement of the Assemblies of God. It was just uh, how it was in those in the country church. Right. That, that was just uh, their tradition. You right? went to church that <laughs> had a parting of the ways. Yeah. The men sat on one side, yeah. the ladies on the other. And it was more than one church, but they were country churches. Yeah. But eventually they could sit together, and we found out we could worship God with them sitting together. It's just <laughs> well, amazing. I know uh, in the uh, whole realm of what you're talking about like that, when I was in Ghana, there the uh, the Ghanaian church, uh, they did not sit together. The women sat on one side. Mm-hmm. But while we were there, the civil war was going on in Liberia. Yes. And so a lot of the refugees were, were staying in the Accra Open Bible Church. And it's just living there in a facility because they were, they were run from their homes. And they would sit together, husband and wife. And so we would have these meetings, and they would be the only ones. And, uh, and, yes. and it was just interesting to watch that, that culture work out like that. And, and, uh, and so in your church, this is what you kind of grew up knowing. Yeah, but, I uh, did. So your dad, you just told us your dad was a pastor. Yes. And he pastored in this Assemblies of God? Always. Okay. So you grew up. 
in a pastor's home, so you had that perspective. Yes. You kind of knew what it was about a little bit. Yes. I know that uh, if if your dad was like my wife and I were, we didn't let the children know everything. There's some things you just try to keep them Correct. shielded from, but well, they know. <laughs> we do know. We did know uh, growing up. When I was a very little girl, I wanted to be a pastor. But when I got older, and especially in the teen years, uh, people in the church can make sure that the children of the pastor know what's going uh-huh. on. Yeah. And you hear a lot, and I decided, no way, no how, uh-huh. I was not going to be a pastor. That, Lord, that I be other things, but don't ask me to pastor a church. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, well, we know better than to tell God we won't do anything. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Well, I know... Uh, having a conversation with my children who are all grown now and hearing them and I found out it affected them more than I thought it did I thought Always. we'd somehow another been exempt from all of that but uh, just talking to them and that old expression you feel like you're living in a fishbowl it really does apply to PKs or pastor's kids. I mean, they uh, because they're, they're they're expected to have behaviors that other people are not expected to have, and uh, it does affect them. But then again, I say this: we're, we're blessed. All of our children are serving God today, so it didn't warp them too much. <laughs> but uh, now, so you had that. You kind of like me when I was little. I just knew that I was going to be a pastor. I mean, I can't think of a time in my life when I didn't know that. But there were those times in my teen years I had to work it out. We know how that is. Yes. Now, how did that go for you? I mean, uh, pretty much the same. That um, I decided I, I just I just rather do my own thing because I knew if I ever answered the call, if I ever really sold out to God. I knew that I was going to be a pastor. Uh And the Lord brought me to a place where I had to make a decision. If I, you know, I I had a great job, good making money, um, and I was busy in the church. Uh, You know, sometimes you can be so busy doing God's work until God has to get your attention. He has to stop yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. And um, he, he did. He backed me into a corner, so to speak, and I hid behind my husband for a long time Was because that right? I thought, nah, he'll never, he'll never agree to that and <laughs> stuff. And so uh, one Sunday night that um, uh, we'd gotten home from church and I backed up in the corner of the cabinets, actually, and I said to my husband, I said, what if I told you I was called to preach? And he said, I don't know what took you so long <laughs> to realize right? that. Oh, my goodness. And um, So so you were a grown-up by this time. Yes, I mean, and so. married and yeah. with the children. Huh. Yes. And so, okay, you, you were in the church, and yeah. you never left the church. I mean, you've always been involved. Well, uh, when my husband was in military and we had traveled some that I wasn't in the church because okay. we really didn't have a right. church. But you weren't like, you you hadn't walked away from God or anything like that. Well, I couldn't say that. <laughs> I felt like that because I wasn't obedient uh-huh. okay. uh, to what God wanted me to do. I felt like I had walked away. Um, and But when I felt like, uh, you know, Jesus, please don't come until <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until I, I, I can get to the point where I feel like, okay, Jesus, you can come now. But um, when I did that, when my husband, that, he, re, he removed that uh-huh. part. And then I was praying, Lord, um, other people know this, so I can admit it. Uh, Lord, if I could be just half as good a preacher as my dad, wow. I, I'd go to. I would preach, wow. I, and I prayed that over and over, and I don't know how, for how long. Finally, the Lord got me still enough that His Spirit just, you know, almost in an audible voice said, "You're not your dad." Yeah, I and I was thinking the same you, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't ask you to be right. your dad. Right. I didn't call you to be your dad. I called you to be you. Amen. And I stood to my feet, and I looked around, and tears began to flow down my face that, okay, God, 
as long as I don't have to be him, it just kind of set me free. Wow. And I realized <laughs> he, didn't ha- he didn't ask me to be him. No. He asked me to be me. And just be faithful but, to what, what he called you to do. Yeah. But when he created me, he knew, as I had shared with some others who had, ta- you know, come to me about the woman part, that I said one thing for sure, it did not surprise God that I was born a girl. (laughs) And when he called me into the ministry, he already knew I was a female. Somewhere along the way, I missed something here. So you're in the church, yes, and you and you feel the call of God, but you're you're fighting it, uh, okay. big time. So, but and then you you're, you're you're a teenager, and then you graduate from high school. Yes. Okay. What happened after that? Well, shortly after high school, we got married. We were high school sweethearts. Okay. And we got married, and not long after we got married, he got drafted. Uh huh. <laughs> and then not long after that, he got sent to Vietnam. Okay. And that was hard. Uh, time for us but um that probably then, been in the middle 60s uh, yes uh, yes 64 65 something like that uh like 66 67 okay. 68 those years and um so so you you're here you're left obviously you're not going to vietnam with him no so so, so did you uh go back to your parents or what did you do I, well we had a uh, a mobile home and we moved it back to daddy's property and um then I had a couple of brothers that needed some help with their children, and I would go and and help them and uh, do that kind of stuff, and and come back and and his parents lived not far because I said as we were high school sweethearts, so we didn't we lived about eight miles away from them. And the day that he came back home from Vietnam, uh, his mother and I had been pick been to pick figs. All day, and I was hot and sweaty and itching, and and uh, I just came back uh, to the house and uh, got a shower, changed clothes, thank the Lord, <laughs> and uh, was going to the store to get a loaf of bread to have a sandwich. And this uh, cab driver. So you didn't he, know he was coming home. I didn't know he was coming. Oh my home. goodness! No, it was total surprise. Oh. <laughs> and um, so. Uh, of course, that was happy days. I, I just can't imagine that. <laughs> he said, look, there's a taxi. There's, yeah. Oh, wow. Did yeah. you even know that he was even stateside? No. No. I didn't know that he was back in stateside. He was wow. going to surprise me. And, well, that's a surprise. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> <All right. laughs> was. And I had just started driving off, and the, the horn was uh, beeping. And I looked up in my rear view mirror, and I thought, what in the world is a cab doing here still didn't dawn on me and then i saw this military cap (laughs) did you just want to just beat him or what (laughs) no i um i put the car i think i put it in park Uh, and i opened the door and i I almost took off this uh, hip trying to get out of the car and he got out and um yeah, it was him, and uh, the delight, of course, yeah, yeah. is that he's home. He made it back. My, my wife would have been laughing and, and fussing at me all, <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> if oh, I, if I don't I know. I didn't have like time to think about that. Uh, wow. That it was just because of Vietnam and, and how things were going there, you're just so right. happy to see that he made it back. So he was in the Army. He was in well, the Well, you tell him for for me. Thank him for his service. Thank you to our country. I was in the Navy myself, but a little later, <laughs> I was nineteen seventy one. I was in the Navy, so I, I have an appreciation for our military and yes. those who have served, especially those who went to Vietnam. Yes, uh, that's. Uh, I had a brother that went to Vietnam right about that same time, and I remember how difficult that was for the family. Very difficult. And you think about those whose loved ones don't come back. Yes, and. Uh, well, I tell you what, it, it does. When when your loved one like that is gone, you've got a hole in your heart, and you're kind of like you don't even fully want to breathe. True. Because you're just so afraid that that, that, that news might come. Yes. And so, boy, when you see him get out of that cab, I can just re- imagine just, oh, my goodness. The just, relief. Yes, yes. Yes. That, that had to been a tremendous moment of time. Yes, it was. So, so now he's back home. So yeah. We're resuming life again. Yes. And uh, so what did he do after that? Did he get out of the Army then? Um, No, he had a little bit more time, and so we went to Illinois uh, then, and uh, they had stationed him um, 
in an Air Force base in southern Illinois. And then uh, they were closing the Army part there, so they sent us up to Arlington Heights, which is uh, right out the suburb, if you might could say, of Chicago, Illinois. And um, we, we lived there for a year and a half, and then we decided it was time to to come home um and i'm pretty sure that god had a hand Uh in that because living in that area humongous place humongous churches uh that it was like uh you just kind of felt a little Uh lost going in there and kind of hard to find a church to be a part of yeah that it's hard to to even get be involved in there and you always have a hunger to be part of the church you don't want to just sit around and do nothing but uh, we we moved back and then in the 70s we moved to Tallahassee and uh, we both had jobs here and the rest is history. So at that time, you're not you're not pastoring. Maybe no. that's still, maybe you got back in church. I well, we I started looking for a church that felt like home, uh-huh. if you will, and I kept, I kept looking for home, and finally the Lord says, "There's only one home." Uh-huh. And that's where you your dad was pastoring. You won't find <laughs> right. that anywhere. And I knew those people, and I was the baby of the church. And um, so I grew up uh, in two different churches, but this one, this last one, was really the home church. Uh-huh. And um, people just, no matter how old I got, I was always their baby. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, when we moved here, I kept looking for that home church. And then when the Lord finally helped me to understand there's only one home church, right. that now you find where I want you. Just get in there and get involved. Yes. And so where did you end up? Well, I ended up in a little church uh, back then. It's, it's, um, it's changed now, not far from where I pastor. It was called Woodside Heights Chapel. Okay, I know where that's at. And yeah. um, I stayed there for about 10 years, and then we moved over to Heritage um, and got involved there. I was uh, became the youth pastor uh, not long after I moved over there. Uh, they had girls' ministries and stuff that the other church didn't have for our children. And um, we got involved there, and the young lady that was doing youth ministries, that she got called to the mission field. Okay. So the pastor asked me, Brother Pastor Stevens, asked me if I would do that. And I said yes, because uh, I was had work, started working on my credentials right, right. at that time. And uh, so I did that, and then... Um, the gentleman that was associate pastor at that time, he went and took a church, and so I kind of moved in that role. And so uh, you're just slowly moving around. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say that, but it was great experience. Yeah. And I can truly say that Pastor Stevens really helped me a lot uh, in the ministry. There was some rough times that I went through, uh, but he and... and um, and Sister Stevens, that both of them kind of took me under their wing and really helped me uh-huh. through some very difficult times. And uh, I met because I I met him. Yes, <laughs> and you know the you know story. I'm, I do. <laughs> he, he would. This must have been after he had resigned from the, ch- the church was. there, and he was filling in for me yes. on Sunday. I was doing a lot of traveling back in those days because I was a youth director for the southeast region of the Open Bible mm-hmm. Church. and was gone quite often, and he was also good to come. But I'd only met him one time, and that was at a basketball game. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, so it was a Sunday morning. I was here. They showed up. I didn't recognize them. And so I was introducing him as a visitor, and yeah. everybody in my church said, Brother King, that's Brother Stevens. Well, I'm never here when he is. <laughs> so everybody laughed. Of course, I said, well, you know, that's the only foolish thing you ever do from the pulpit. That's good. Right. But you and I both have plenty of stories yeah. like that. Yes. <laughs> Being embarrassed. Well, when you get to the point, that's why you don't get embarrassed anymore. With well, this I don't know that- <laughs> about that for me, but you get to where you realize that there's some things you don't worry about. That's right. That's right. You and let so, it go. So when he uh, came up to me at the, the uh, funeral, we went to the other day and you were there and I were there <laughs> of course he had to tell everybody that story <laughs> I said, 
go ahead. <laughs> just just embarrass me all you want. I don't care. <laughs> no, it, was, mm. it was good to see him, though. It was. And uh, he's pastoring over in... Uh, the Chattahoochee area. Chattahoochee area. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that God was orchestrating this whole thing. Absolutely. So was it around about that time that you told your husband that uh, I felt like God's calling me? No. It was before when I was still at Woodside Heights, that I uh, before I ever started working on credentials. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, I told him that I felt that I was called uh, to be a preacher. And um, when, he, when he moved that block out of the way and the Lord um, moved the uh, well the block or my maybe he brought me to the reality that I'm not I was not my daddy then uh, I started working on credentials okay. and um, but now what did that process involve well we have three levels of credentials in the assemblies of God uh, we have what is called the certified level that is uh the person that you come in the first level and you uh, do college courses. And um, uh, we now have a, a school of ministry that you can attend, which is a blessing. But in those days when I did mine, there wasn't uh, a school of ministry. You had to do it the hard way. But uh, that was even before Internet. So, so you, you were doing correspondence. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, by telephone, when you had a question, you got on the telephone because uh, the university was in Missouri. I was in Florida, and I couldn't, you know, throw down everything and move to uh, (laughs) Missouri to go to school. But um, then uh, I went through that, got that. Then you go uh, to the license level. You can move to that. You hold license for two years before you're eligible to go to ordination. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, and we do something very similar to that. Uh, two years uh, as a license, and then, then the ordination comes after that. And I think that's a good thing. It is. Because ordination is, is of God, and it's, it's, it can't be revoked. That's right. And so this gives you a chance to... Uh, to learn the you know what God wants, how God's moving yeah. in your life, and, and to make sure because it's such an uh, awesome thing. Yes, it is. And, and uh, I've always said, go for the top. If you're going, reach <laughs> yeah. for the top, and right. then uh, you don't you have that behind yeah. you, and you can always look forward. So when you all moved over to Heritage, yes. were, were you uh, in that process of getting your license? Then I then was in the process of getting licensed the level when okay. we moved over there. Yes. And so uh, uh, I've always thought it was interesting that those two churches are so close, Woodside Heights and and Heritage Assembly. I mean, was it even a mile between the two of them? And I'm sure sure there's a story (laughs) about how that happened. There is. But uh, so you're saying that at Woodside Heights, it didn't have the all the ministries that, that you were looking to get involved in, also for your children, too. Well, correct. I could have. For myself, but for the for our children, they they didn't have it, no. and uh, so I was taking them over there for special for those ministries and so forth. And eventually, I just felt that we needed to right. to move over there. And and the good thing about it is that through that that building has been through a lot of different things. And I've had several different people on the radio show here who've pastored that church for a time. And at last I heard uh, the said Brother Franks, is he still mm-hmm. there? Doing the, uh, with the homeless church? Yes. And then that seems to be working out real real well for them. Yeah. Uh, it's been good for them. It's a little small for them. Um, as But right now, I don't know how that's working out since oh, that's with right. all this yeah. uh, virus thing. But, um, yeah, that for a while, we owned the building. Oh, your church? Heritage Assembly. Oh, you yes. did? Okay. Yes, we did. But we couldn't do what we wanted to do with it because of the zoning. And um, then um, it just worked out for the property directly across the street from the church was offered to us at a price we couldn't resist. And uh, that, that was a God thing how that came about. And so we gave the church back to the district, which it was district-owned, and um, 
since we were taking the property across the street. Across the street from your church. Correct. I was thinking Woodside Heights. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Across the street Well, I noticed Heritage. that uh, a while back I came over to your church, uh, Brian Free. You know, well, yes. Brian Free, not, not Assurance, just Brian Free was there. Mm. And I parked in that lot across the road, and I thought, oh, I didn't know I didn't know they owned that. So that's yes. been fairly recent yes. that that has taken place. Yeah. And you're just using that for parking? Uh, pretty much using that for parking because the parking is terrible around the church as you could tell yeah, that can create kind problems box stand yeah. with the trailer park around us but when that property opened up we thought that that would just be and now the traffic is not very heavy on crossway roads i'm talking about having people crossing back and forth it, it isn't um that it's it's been very good uh so far that you can pretty well hear when someone is coming because it's almost like they use it for a speedway <laughs> yeah. there. But um, uh, as a rule, it's pretty quiet and to be able to cross back and forth. Because right, you always think about the children. That's, that's Absolutely. Uh, your biggest concern is just children crossing back and forth. Adults are going to look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right now, we don't have the children to cross back and forth. It's only adults. Okay. Wonderful. Well, the thing is, is it... Uh, when God calls, it's it's you know it's it's Him speaking, and, and that's always what you want to hear. Absolutely, you want, you want to hear from that. Now, uh, the church uh, heritage assembly. You mentioned to me earlier that it, it started somewhere else. Where where did it start? Um, I did a lot of when we did a, the new addition on it. Of course, I saw you new addition now because it's been gracious. Uh, 15, over 15 years since we did the new edition. Okay. Uh, I had to go through a lot of paperwork, um, and I've learned that um, over close to a lake, and I'm not sure what lake that was, that it started in someone's home, like a lot of churches sure. did. Then I think they outgrew the home there, and um, it was started by Pastor Graves, and um, whom I finally met. Okay. Uh, several years after I'd been pastoring, and he came to church, he and his wife, and um, then it moved to the church on Crawfordville Road, which is not far from where we're located now, and then uh, someone donated that property, I think, either sold it to them or donated, I'm not real sure, um, where we are now. Okay. And... When Pastor Graves came, I talked to him about it. I said, I want to know some history about sure. this church. And uh, he said it was never designed for what it has come to be. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, at that time, which is kind of hard for me to imagine, he said at that time uh, when he built the church that there was no place where the churches could come together. No church was big enough to house them when they would come for fellowships together. Because when the church started, it was a little shotgun church, not very wide. Um, in fact, where the new addition is now is is wider than uh, what the original church was. Okay. Um, and so he said, I just came on the other side and built this sanctuary. And it was the largest place for them to meet at that time and I looked and I thought it is so hard for me to believe but then <laughs> I came along by the time I came on the scene you know First Assembly had grown by leaps right, and bounds right. and other churches and so forth and I thought well okay but that's it's kind of hard to believe though, it yeah, is yeah, I think yeah First like, Assembly uh, and, for and, me to yeah. envision that yeah. um, uh, yeah, square footage wise that it was a huh. large place and wow. <laughs> um, it didn't have the, the little rooms in there like yeah. we do now if we cleared all of that out it would be a large yeah. but now when they bought that lot was it, there no building did they build the building or was there already a building there uh, they had to build the building, is my okay. understanding. So they just, they bought it, bought the land, yeah. and then they went in and built. And of course, now you wish that, that they could have bought some more property. Well, <laughs> uh, a gentleman told me that they had the option to buy more property for practically nothing. And uh, at that time, they didn't see the need <laughs> oh because they said it wasn't designed for what it came, and they passed it up and. 
now it's <laughs> but I just most of your congregation come from the south side of there or do they come from all over uh well they come uh from uh out of what we'll call a county okay we have some from uh uh, close to Killarn area. We have uh, some from Perry. We have some from Gainesville that come. Uh, uh, Were most of these people uh, connected with the church in another way and they moved to another location or did they just find you? How, how uh, did... Well, the one that in Gainesville, they were connected with the church before they moved, okay. but they still come. And they come back from Gainesville every yes. Sunday? Wow. Yes. <laughs> they they need to get some kind of reward for the longest well, distance. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty good little drive. Yeah. Right and um, we have occasionally a family from Ocala. Is that right? That will wow. come. Yeah. That's they, two and a half like hours them. at least. Yeah. Yeah. They're about three and yeah. a half. But um, then they, from Perry, uh, they came um, – because they knew they had some family members that came there, and then uh, several years years later, the family that family moved on, but they stayed. Uh-huh. And but so, uh, do you are you have you been able to reach people in your area? Is there much response there? I'm talking about in the Crawfordville Road area, Thomas or, or Woodville Highway area. Well, we have. It's been kind of hard uh, because we've got. Uh, the one on the corner there. We've got another church on Shelford Road. Right, right. Uh, that is is big in that area. But we we're trying to reach that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, we want to, them to know we're there. Sure. And um, uh, one of the th- questions that I asked several, uh, oh, I don't know, three or four, maybe even five years ago, um, if. Heritage Assembly of God ceased to exist, would our community miss us? Ah, that's an important question. <laughs> it is an important question. And if the answer is no, we need to fix it. Uh-huh. If the answer is yes, then we're doing something right, that right. speaks to our community. Yeah, the thing is, is that churches have a tendency to do that, though. I mean, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but but people come from all because we're mobile now. I mean, you know, there was a day when uh, that'd have been a if you Killarney would have been a pretty good distance in a horse and wagon, but they get a car on a Sunday morning and it really doesn't take long. You zip so, around Capitol Circle and yeah, yeah. So you find people coming from from all over. And if, if they find a church that they like, it's kind of like you. When when you first came to Tallahassee, you needed to be in a church someplace. Yes. And if you visit a church over here, it's just not quite what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so people get out and they visit, and then they find some place and they say, oh, "This this just seems like home to me." Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that's good. That's good. Sure. And of course, as churches, if people are moving to town. And they're visiting churches. You want to be one of them they visit. Sure. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to get that, as you said, getting the word out. Yes. That's a hard thing to do. So let's do this before we play a little music. Tell the folks one more time, where is Heritage Assembly of God? Give them any information you want to give them. Phone number, websites, all of that sort of thing. Okay. It is um, Heritage Assembly of God on 298 Crossway Road, Tallahassee, Florida, 32305. Uh, our phone number is 850-656-1755. We do have a Facebook page, and uh, we welcome anybody to take a look at that. And uh, we do online services uh, that are posted on our Facebook page uh, at Heritage Assembly of God. And we just appreciate um, those who will take a look at uh, our Facebook Page, but not only that, for those that will come and give us a try, it's the, a great church, a great church family, and I'm honored to be their pastor. And you are listening to the voice of the pastor. This is Pastor Alice Bertishaw, and she's been to pastor today 30 years. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I get to do this every Sunday morning, and I just enjoy it immensely, and thank God for an opportunity to be here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster, where we get to talk about dreams and visions, and uh, that's exciting to be. I am the pastor, Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast, and we are in the Crescent Park Plaza there between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue in the storefront, and uh, 
Love to have visitors there, too. FRCM.us is our website. We start at 11.05 on Sunday mornings. And also, for those of you who like Southern Gospel music, I want you to join me every Saturday night on the Saturday Night Gospel Sing on 94.1 on your radio dial. And uh, it's a full hour of Southern Gospel music. As I say, the best music in the land. <laughs> we have a good time doing that show. Also, uh, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock, I have a daily broadcast I do. It's called The Gospel on the Radio Broadcast. So that brings you up to date on all of that. And also, AAA Constant Comfort, my good friends Robin and Jim, they've been helping me do this broadcast since I started back in 2002. And I always mention them. If you need a new unit or get the old one repaired, they are the guys to call. 893-9566. Pastor Alice Bertishaw, Senior Pastor, Heritage Assembly of God, over on the south side of town, 30 years today. That's exciting. And I just, we didn't plan this. <laughs> God just put this all together, didn't he? That's right. Hallelujah. Congratulations. Thank you On so your much. faithfulness to do that. And uh, to hear the call of God and respond to it. And uh, lead your congregation as you have. Now, have you have you seen the church grow? I'm, I'm sure you have since you've been there. We have. Um, yes, as I tell people that my first Sunday we had, 35 people and it went down from there because uh-huh. I, I find that people are usually especially when there's a change, pastoral change right there's usually people that are looking for a reason to exit uh-huh. and pastoral changes are probably as bad as good as you get <laughs> as far as excuses right <laughs> yes and then there, I'm sure there were people who had to deal with whether or not they wanted to have a woman pastor sure and uh, I'm, I'm sure there and, were. and that's a decision that everybody has to make everybody for themselves has to make. people have opinions and uh, and so God just let all that just kind of shake itself out and settle out yes and uh, so how long was it before you start seeing it go back the other way again well actually um it was uh, about two years before we really started seeing that turn uh, to start the climb. Right. And um, then it, uh, it it escalated. But you usually, churches I find many times how people come that you know they're not supposed to be there. Uh, you know sure, they're, sure. they're unhappy with maybe where they are. Are and so they just leave there for a moment, but you know that we're not home to them, and it won't be long before they'll be going back, and and that's where they should be. That, but one of the things about it is that your commitment to stay and uh, to see it through has a lot to do with your success because I know. In your organization, in my organization. Now, we don't have any other open Bible churches here in Tallahassee. We did have one mission that was attempted. It didn't work. I know of Assembly of God churches that have closed since you've been at Heritage Assembly. Yes. And so, but you've you've been there and you've been faithful. And uh, I heard somebody use the expression, you, you were willing to dig it out of the rock. I mean, you're, you're willing to put them <laughs> fingers in there and dig and cling and hang on and pray. And, yes, <laughs> and, uh, a lot of praying. And sit through some, sometimes we have to go through hard times as pastors. Yes. And sometimes there's uh, things that happen. And uh, I've seen it times before where, boy, you feel like you're about ready to turn that corner. And the devil raises his ugly head, and, and here we yes. go. <laughs> and yes, and, that, and that, usually that's when the pastor makes the exit. And many I, times. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is that I, I, if you're like I am, and obviously you are because you've been there 30 years, it's all about the call to me. It has nothing to do with how I feel, what I think. Mm-hmm. I want to hear the call. And, and when I came to pastor the Open Bible Church, which we now call Freedom Road, I heard a voice. I mean, I heard the, the God spoke to me very clearly because there was not. My wife and I came to uh, candidate the church, <laughs> and uh, I think we had there was like I don't know fifteen, sixteen people, and of course we're we're in the building right now that I pastored in for thirty five years, mm-hmm. and it's smaller now. The sanctuary is smaller now than it was back then, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, we said no, thank you. <laughs> we run away back to Pensacola, and we said nope, we don't want to do that. But God spoke to me. And my deal is, Lord, when I leave, I want, I want the same deal. God, just just tell me, and I'm going to do whatever God says. And evidently, you're the same way because yes. cause you, you, you're there, and you've done it for 30 years. Now, do you see the church always in that location, or would you have, have you ever thought about relocating? 
We've talked about that um, several years ago about relocating, selling where we are, uh, to and relocate somewhere else that may be more visible. But uh, the congregation didn't want to do that, and I didn't really feel that that was God's timing uh-huh. to do that. Uh, I don't know if that church will move. I'm of opinion, uh, you can call it opinion or a feeling or whatever, but I don't, I'm not so sure that it's location where people feel drawn to it may be an easy thing to do location but i'm a a strong believer that if the spirit of god is moving and working in a church uh people will find you right well the number one reason that people attend a church or visit a church is through personal invitation and, uh, Correct. And that has been proven out in, in study after study after study. I, right. My experience has been it's, it's two things that, that are the, the most. Uh, the, sometimes if you do advertising, sometimes but advertising is kind of hit and miss, but personal invitation and special events, if, if they're done well, right. will, will, will bring someone new to your door. Yes. And, of course, a lot of times they're just there for that event and they're gone. But there are times when people are looking for a church and they, they're there. They, they feel warm. They feel welcome. They'll, they'll, they'll stay. Uh, so the, the thing is, what you're talking about as far as location, location is a wonderful thing. And I do, do believe that if you're on a, a main highway, people driving by. That there occasionally be people who will stop yeah. in to visit a church. Sure, but I also know this: you can blend into the scenery too. Yes, you <laughs> and can. The same people drive up and down the road every day and not even knows you're there. And and I've experienced that too. Yes, not not here in Tallahassee, but another church that I pastored. So the, the thing is, is it if you if the people in the church really love their church and they say, well, I think other people would too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they invite them. Yeah, that's that's the best way. But then again, there is such a thing as uh, capacity. You get uh, uh, to the point to where the church becomes so crowded and they can't find a place to park, then they'll go somewhere else. Sure. Then you have that. Yeah. And I was just thinking, now in your in your situation where you are, because you are kind of landlocked there with a with a mobile home, you can always go up. I <laughs> take the roof off and build. You know, you put Sunday school room and all kinds of stuff. You can go up. That's yes. that's another thought. Yeah, <laughs> uh, can. But we have that property across the street, which is really opened up uh-huh. uh, areas for us, and um, our people are willing to park. <clears throat> excuse me, park across the street to give guests. Parking there you go. There, there you at go. the church. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a great group of people that are willing uh, to sacrifice, if you will. Uh, I prefer my um, seniors who don't, you know, who have the, maybe a little difficulty getting around. They don't park across the street. Um, but for um, others who don't have a problem, Park across the street and give all of that uh, to those who need it. Right. Now, let's talk about your service. What What would we expect if, if I were to visit Heritage Assembly of God on a Sunday morning? Walk us through the service. Okay. Um, well, at a normal service, and that would be pre-virus, and hopefully when we can come back together again, but you would be greeted um, when you walk in. And um, there are times, if it's raining, you'll be greeted before. At this point, before, because there's someone out there with umbrellas uh, <laughs> to good. help people good, in. Yeah. And uh, But you're greeted. Um, and if you have children, that they d- direct you uh, where to go. We um, uh, insist that um, people sign their children in. And that the same ones who signed them in go and sign them back out. For security reasons. It's over for security reasons. Uh, Plus all of our teachers and helpers uh, background checked. And but in the sanctuary, uh, if if there's time before the service has started that you're greeted and um, uh, welcome to sit anywhere they'd like. And um, then uh of course, we do Sunday school as a rule beforehand, but this is the morning worship that um, 
brother William. He is our pianist, and he starts the music, and uh, we have a blend of music. It's not all one or the other, but people enter in. They know that uh, when we get that sound of that piano, uh, when he hits those notes just right, everybody stands, and and usually it's opened with kind of an upbeat song with hands clapped and... and, um, that people can enter right in to worship and uh, the Lord to praise and and uh, it, it's just a wonderful time that people have when I, being on the platform I can hear uh, the singing from the audience uh-huh. and it is just such a sweet sound to any pastor sure. that any pastor would love to hear their congregation engaging in the music because it is a joyous time. And then, of course, there's the time when it's um, you just enter to that sweet worship of the Lord. And and um, most of the time, we'll have a, a special singer that sings before uh, most of the time me or whomever is coming to minister the Word of God. And then we have the Word, and we close it out with the altar service. And uh, uh, we try to greet one another. I like for people to... To greet each other because we never know that's right you when never, we leave that place if we'll gather the same right. way again now you just told us that you were a singer no uh, i hear them singing oh I, I thought you said that you sang special no I, no I no, okay. no not me no i I, used well, I know that Brother William can sing. Oh, oh yes, yeah. he is excellent yeah. singer. And we have some excellent other singers in that church. We are well blessed, and I'm so thankful for that. But what little bit I, I did sing, which was uh, more the harmony part, uh-huh. but preaching over the years and uh, laryngitis. So, so your call is to preach the Word of God. My call yeah. is yeah. to preach, but the laryngitis and the last episode that I had lasted almost three months. So that took care of the singing. And that took care of the singing. <laughs> but fortunately, you can still preach and still I, bring the I word gave it, I promised God if he'd restore my voice, it would all belong Amen. to him for sure. Well, Sister Alice, it's been so great to have you on the show. I, I've been looking forward to this. We always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father oh. God, I thank you, Lord, for yes, Sister Jesus. Alice. And thank you, Lord. Lord, the call on her life and her God willingness to answer that call. Your hand Father, I pray, God, that you just Lord, bless Lord, this day, Father, this 30th anniversary of her ministry Lord, there, Father you God. Us, Lord, bless the church, pray. Father God. Let there be a great service. And we give you glory. We give you praise. We pray, God, for our city, for our country. And, Father, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem. That these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming and being on the show. Thank you. I've enjoyed this time. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.